Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. And today we're going to talk about the rest of UGA's schedule from this point on. So what we're going to do is we're going to take each team uh, going forward on our schedule and instead of focusing on, say, our hatred for them and our desire to see their facilities, you know, cast down into the earth and their uh, fields some assault, we're going to just focus on them um, statistically instead of yelling about them as a program. Uh, And I think, you know, this will be a really useful exercise because it'll just allow us to get kind of uh, everybody to get kind of familiar with where we're going from here and look at them on their own terms, not in terms of how they match up against the, you know, UGA. And before we get into the real nitty gritty, if you do want to see or hear rather uh, a lot of hate for any of these teams, Florida specifically, Nathan is participating in what he has dubbed the Florida Fortnite, the hate, hate Fortnite, hate Fortnite. Yeah. And uh, if you want to listen to any of those, those are all on our anchor station, Chapel Bell Curve. Uh, you can find us by searching it through there. And if you're not sure what anchor is, it's super neat. We just do these super small. Um, Two-minute drills is what we call them, really small episodes. They can only be five minutes max, and so it kind of gets you your fix, your Chapel Bell Curve fix between uh, big episodes like these, so go check it out. Um, but yeah, we're just going to dive right in and kind of see what's going on in uh, with the rest of our schedule, really. So what do we got first, Nathan? Well, speaking of hate, um, <laughs> we're going to start with the Florida Gators. So, the old Florida Gators. Uh, I think the best way to organize this would just be to... Uh, we'll just run through the five factors, then we'll take a minute to look through their offensive, defensive footprints, and just their advanced stats, and just throw out anything that we think is re- uh, relevant. So, Florida. Um, overall, S&P Plus ranked 48th. Uh, they are the 83rd ranked uh, S&P Plus offense, and 100, 100 ranked S- um, points per game offense. They are the 32nd ranked S&P Plus defense, and the 49th ranked per- points per game offense. Or it'll look, points per game defense. Five factors on offense. Efficiency, 72nd. Explosiveness, 104th. <laughs> um, field position, 122nd. Finishing drives, 29th. Um, defense, uh, defensively, uh, efficiency, 24th. Explosiveness, 116th. Field position, 85th. And finishing drives, 18th. They have a um, actual versus expected turnover margin of um, three, negative three on the year, which gives them about uh, 0.68 points per game in bad turnover luck. Also worth noting, uh, the win probability of this game for Florida is 18% against Georgia when oh. they play them on the 28th of October. Oh, that's that sounds so good. And I like here's, that. Here's one that I really like. Per the S&P Plus model, probability of finishing bowl eligible, 68.8%. Ooh. It's dangerously low, homie. That's real low. Dangerously low. You know, I think what these numbers tell us right off the bat is that this is a very, very bad um, offense. It's an offense that... Points per trip inside the 40 is the only thing that they're good at, and it looks like that's at 4.92, so they just haven't had many trips inside of the 40 is what I would attribute that to. Mm -hmm. When your best offensive, pure offensive stat is that you're the 72nd most efficient um, team in the nation, that is not a good sign. And then 104th in explosiveness is also not a good sign. This is a team that has only thrown, and I just happen, because I hate Florida so much, I just happen to know this. This is a team that's only thrown four touchdowns this year. Two of those were on, uh, were in the Kentucky game during which Kentucky did not cover one of the wide receivers, and the third, or, and one of those was on a hail mary during Tennessee. So they have only scored one regulation fully co- or fully covered like 
you know, properly executed um, passing touchdown, which really just, I mean, it makes me very happy, but I think it also kind of sums up where they are as a, um, as a team. They just cannot score. Um, they're pretty efficient. They keep you behind the chains pretty well, uh, but they'll give up a big play. That we know. And they're also, they just are, they don't have a lot of havoc. Looking down at their defensive footprint, overall havoc rate, uh, overall havoc rate 47th. Mm-hmm. Still better than UGAs, but of course they don't have a corresponding excellent efficiency rate. Their most, it looks like based on the numbers that we're looking at, their best, um, probably their best unit in the whole on the whole team is their defensive line. Eighth overall on havoc rate, eight point five percent of the time they have a havoc play. And if we look at their rushing, um, their defensive rushing stat- statistics, that kind of bears it out a little bit because if you look. Uh, Rushing S&P plus 46, that's pretty good. Rushing success rate 18th defensively, also pretty good. Which a lot of that you can attribute directly to the defensive line. Yeah, this is a pretty typical Florida team for what we've seen, but just worse. Uh, their defense... It's a pretty typical must-champ Florida team. Yeah, it's a pretty typical must-champ Florida team. Uh, it's just kind of the remnants of what was must-champ. So really, like, I like Jim McElwain. He's, a, he's kind of a nice guy from what I understand, but it doesn't seem like he's kind of put any sort of footprint on this team in the last few years he's been there. Yeah, I mean, if you'll recall, he so he left Alabama. He was the, he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Mm-hmm. And if you'll recall, he left Alabama to become the head coach at Colorado State. When he left Colorado State to go to Florida, he was billed as basically the offensively-minded Saban. Ah. And that's what's that's really what's disappointing here. You know, I mean, it's one thing for the defense to regress a little, which it has because they lost they lost their defensive coordinator Jeff Collins to Temple and um, replaced him with Randy Shannon, who was I guess okay. And you know, they haven't been recording as well defensively as they did under Muschamp. But it's another thing to just not have not really have anything going on not, um, on offense. And really, if we look at their passing numbers, let's just break down their passing real quick. Mm-hmm. Passing S&P Plus, 37%. Okay, that's decent. Passing success rate, that would be 104th. 35% or, uh, 35 is the average, and they were well under that. Um, passing ISO PPP, 71st, and adjusted sack rate, 83rd. This has not been an effecting pa- effective passing offense at all. I mean, if we just go through the traditional stats of their quarterback, um, mm-hmm. f- uh, their current quarterback is Felipe Franks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 105 attempts, 67 completions. That's a sixty-three point. That's a sixty-three point eight um, completion rate, which is pretty good, but that's only for seven hundred ninety-four yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. Yeah, which where Jake Fromm is at, which he hasn't really been much. Uh, not not really like big numbers quarterback by any means. He's at eleven hundred sixty-two yards, twelve touchdowns, three interceptions. Exactly. All right. So how many sacks has Jake Fromm taken on the year? Uh, just six at this point. He's taken six to this point. Felipe Franks has taken fourteen. Jesus. It's also important to note that. Um, like, Felipe Franks did not start every game this, no, this year. No, he has not at all. And he's no. already taken 14 sacks. And if we look at their, uh, you know, I, that kind of speaks to the weakness of their uh, offensive line. And yeah, and if you look at their adjusted sack rate, not good passing-wise. And then if we look at their um, passing down sack rate, 116th in the nation, they take a sack 13.2% of the time. Um, this is just, I would say, an utterly average team. Um, there's nothing. They are very bad on offense, and they are not great at off. At um, they're very below average, in my opinion. Really, I mean, their overall S&P plus rank gives them a, a slightly above average rank. But I mean, just running through, I mean, they rush okay. They're 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 just about average at rushing. They're yeah. not very explosive rushing. They're very bad at preventing the explosive play. Their defensive rush isn't that bad. Yeah, 
but, but the explosive play yeah, their ISO PPP no. rushing defensively is 104th, which is interesting uh, because their overall explosive defensive rating is 116th, and they're going to be playing a, the seventh uh, most, the seventh best explosive also offense in the nation. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that this is a team. I, I I really want to keep this out of the context of Georgia. I just want to talk about each of these teams. And That's fair. This is a team that you know going forward right now. Um, S and P Plus has them pegged at. Five and a half wins. Uh-huh. So what they're saying right now is that they're currently they're um, what are they right now three and three. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they are they are just a little bit over their projected win total at the point at this point, but that's fine. Um, but if you look at the remainder of their schedule, they have projected losses to Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida State. Right. So yeah, this is a team that may not be bowl eligible at the end of the year. There's a good chance they won't be, especially since. I was going to say, Missouri is definitely an explosive team, as we've seen from our past game. And uh, if they can't contain Missouri by any means, they, they, they do a, a fine job, an all-right job, of containing the uh, the rushing explosive game. But passing defense is nowhere near as good as it needs to be to yeah. contain uh, what's-his-face, Drew Locke. <laughs> no, Felipe Franks? No, the Florida defense against the Missouri offense. Oh, oh okay, okay, yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, I mean, and even in that game, they only have a 66% uh, chance of winning against yeah. the 95th ranked S&P Plus team in the nation. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. this is a team, and we're going to go into this much more. I think the real question is, like, what are they going to get out of Felipe Franks going forward? Because if they're going to get the current Felipe Franks as we move forward with all of the injuries they sustained lately, it, this is going to get real messy real fast. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, let's move to South Carolina. Yeah, we'll see more about Florida next week in our episode. Yeah, let read me off some. Uh, so this is the sixty third overall S and P plus team. It sure is. I'll give you some five. Give factors me some five scores. factors. So offensively minded, or offensively speaking, efficiency is seventieth. Explosiveness sixty six. Field position sixty. Finishing drives one sixteen. Their defensive ranks efficiency sixty three. Explosiveness twenty three. Field position twenty three. Finishing drives, 37. Turnover margin is 33rd, uh, which is good for a positive 2.91 turnover luck points per game. We know Will Muschamp. Yeah, we played a, Will Muschamp. This is an incredibly Will Muschamp team. This is a Will Muschamp team. Can't finish drives, make th- makes things happen defensively. I mean, if we roll down to their defensive um, their defensive footprint, if we see their overall havoc rate is 67th, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. Defensive line havoc rate, 17th, very good. I mean, so this is a team that will get after you. Um, this is a team that, you know, tries to be kind of scrappy on offense and just take opportunities that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think this is a team that is improving, but I think with the, the, the injuries that they've taken, even though their defense is all right, it's pretty clear that they have, that, you know, they've had some drop-offs, um, and that their depth isn't there. 78th overall, um, S and P plus rating during for the fourth quarter, which kind of lends itself to a little bit of lack of depth speaks to a little bit of lack of depth mm-hmm. and you know who knows how well they're game planning uh, quarter one s p plus 121st that's pretty awful <laughs> yeah that's really bad they do not come out that's swinging really whatsoever but then quarter three s plus 38 so it's yeah. like they're making really good adjustments off of their horrible game plans mm-hmm. that's really weird and that's that's offensively which it's just crazy because what that tells me is that they're coming out very very conservatively in the first in the first quarter and second quarters yeah and then only flipping it trying to flip the switch at halftime which that I mean, can only get you so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and this is a, this is a team that offensively cannot throw the ball. Let's go down. Let's go through this passing through some of these passing downs. Oh, jeez. Passing down S and P plus 122nd offensively. Passing down success rate 112th. 
passing down uh, isoppp 105th this is a very this is not a great team when you make them pass when they have to pass now if you look at their overall passing numbers they're a little bit better 58th 70 and 59th in SP plus success rate and isoppp for just isolated passing SP plus but that is but i think that kind of comes from the fact that if if they're in a running down if they're in a standard down and they can do either it just makes them better because this is a team that wants to run Mm -hmm. i mean if we look at their offensive footprint currently um they (laughs) on standard downs their run rate is uh 51 percent so they're gonna run they're gonna run it's definitely a team that I think that what's funny about it is if you look at all of the defensive footprint it's fairly consistent the margin is a lot uh, smaller for this team across the defensive board um, than it is for other teams in the SEC which to me means that they're they're well-rounded one and that means that I imagine they'll probably get better as the years go on um, so we could honestly see them a, a little bit better as early as next year yeah um, but I, I imagine they'll probably get better two or three years down the line as long as will investment keeps his job. I don't think yeah. he's going anywhere necessarily. They have a 39% chance of winning seven games, 37 of eight games. And I think I an mean, eight of four will best chance they'll keep. Game, they'll yeah, be fine. exactly. And, and, you know, the thing is, too, I mean, I guess really looking at this, the only thing I think about them just in the larger sense is Will Muschamp basically lost his job because he couldn't have a quarterback who played well. He never had one. Um, and it's pretty clear that as good as Jake Bentley is, just that passing down success rate, that's not great. And I know a no. lot of that is on the wide receiver um, currently, their number one their number one receiver is Brian Edwards, who has uh, thirty three catches for four hundred and twenty yards. Uh, that's not super great. Success rate of thirty five percent, also not super great. Catch rate of fifty five percent. I mean, so but also I, you you mentioned the wide receivers and you mentioned Jake Bentley. Jake Bentley's a good he's a decent player. He's he's got good tools in his toolbox but the kid's been sacked 17 times in yeah. six games <laughs> well what's their uh speaking of my personal fetish stat what's their rushing let's see adjusted line yards 94th in the nation mm-hmm. yeah so that kind of that speaks to a pretty weak offensive line yeah power success rate 87th in the nation yeah. stuff rate 84th in the nation they're not getting a lot of movement up front Mm-mm. i mean and even in their sacks like adjusted sack rate 92nd in the nation so this is a game, and I mean, I don't want to tip our hand or anything, but this is a game in which Lorenzo Carter should He's have gonna a big have a game. Field day. He should have a big game. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a team that will give up some. will we'll give up sacks for sure. Seventeen times. Goodness. Seventeen times. Yeah. Which, but then again, like with Drew Locke, who is a true pocket passer, he had he was in sacks seventeen times this year, with right. eleven of those coming from Clemson. But I, I don't think that this is the same team. Yes. Wait. Really? Was it not Drew Locke? I thought. No, Jared Stid- uh, Auburn played Clemson. I'm so sorry. Speaking of no, no, no that's totally. actually a really good trend. Because we're going to transition right to Auburn. <laughs> so uh, this is the 14th ranked S and P Plus team. Um, they are five and two. They have won. They won against Georgia Southern, Mercer, Missouri, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. They lost against LSU and Clemson, which is kind of interesting because like they beat all the teams they should beat. They beat. They this year they've beaten. 127th, unranked, 95th, 21st, that was Mississippi State, and then 56th. And mm-hmm. they've lost to 26th and 10th. 10. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Currently, um, their their prob- probability of beating us is at 47%. It looks like, yeah, they've got a pretty decent chance of getting to eight or nine wins this year again, too. So let's, re- let's read some um, five factors. We've got offensively, uh, efficiency, 44th, explosiveness, 57th, field position, 78th, Finishing drive, 72nd. Anything you got there? Well, so offense is just kind of average. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit, bit above average. They're, they're very slightly, efficient. Slightly. They're, playing, they're playing to their, their strengths, which is they've got 
big players. They've got strong players, and they move them down the field consistently. That's it. They're not going to go for a lot more. Every once in a while, they'll throw in an explosive play, I'm sure. Once they kind of move this any defense up, like down yeah. the field, and make them start playing under. But not until then. They're going to play a very predictable defense, I feel. Right. A very predictable offense, excuse me. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is, their defense, on the other hand... Ninth in efficiency, fourth in explosiveness, 80th in field position. Doesn't speak well to the special teams or the turnovers. And then first in finishing drives, 2.71 yeah. point, uh, points per trip inside the 40. Um, that's a really, that's a really, that's a profile of a very good defense. Yeah. Um, and it actually kind of stacks up. You can see in their rushing, rushing SP plus uh, defensively, seventh, rushing success rate, sixth, rushing ISOPPP, 31st. Like that's a really, really good team. Like they're, really, really good defense. Very, very good defense. The only other thing that I think is really interesting is as the year has gone on, this year started out and we had like a 30 to 40% chance of winning this game, I feel. Yeah. Um, I might be misremembering. No, I, I think that's about right. I think that's about right. And now, looking at this game with Auburn coming up, it is now predicted that we have a 53% win probability and uh, we are predicted to win the game by 1.3 points. Yeah, there we go. So that speaks so that's to. That's coin flip. Yeah, that's a coin flip. It's going to be a coin flip. It went from a one touchdown day game to a coin flip. Yeah, but yeah. also the the margin's gone down at least thirty percent. Well, I mean, we've played better than we thought, but also Auburn's kind of disappointed. I mean, that, that losing the way they did against LSU last week was just not a great way to to, yeah. to go into this week or to do. I mean, not there's nothing good about it. Situational S and P plus, hundred eighteenth in the third quarter, ninety eighth in the fourth. That's actually been a huge problem for them. This is offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, when they get up, this has kind of become a narrative, hashtag narratives. Um, when they've gotten up on teams and when they got up against um, LSU 20 to nothing and they just sort of like ran the same three plays for the rest of the game and it just shut them down. Yeah. And this is a team that will clam up if it's, uh, offensively even when they're ahead. That's something to look for. If they get up on us during the Auburn game, or dur- well, obviously, because they are, they are Auburn, but if they yeah. get up on, on us when uh, we play them, um, it's going to be really interesting to see if they can press the advantage. Um, you know, schematically, they don't, they really don't seem to have that killer instinct in terms of play calling. Um, but for having said all of that, their defense is just good. Their defense is very good. Yeah, I mean, there's really not a lot of things that are bad about it, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I honestly think it's going to be a pretty, super low-scoring game. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it looks like uh, pass down line yards per carry. So they'll give up a, they'll give up a run on a passing down. That makes uh-huh. sense because they're probably playing off coverage. Uh, that's 65th. But then passing downs, ISO PPP, second. Passing down success rate, defensively, 27th. Passing down S&P Plus, 15th. Like, so this is a, like, that's a, those are, those numbers are pretty consistent. I mean, and they're even better on standard downs. Standard downs, S&P Plus, third. That's success rate of eighth. And an ISO PPP of 12th. Standard down line yards per carry defensively. That is for good for ninth, which means they are very good at stopping the run on first and second. So this is a team that, you know, we need to be worried about. That, um, but also just a team that, like, you know, the, their remaining games going forward, they have... Let me scroll all the way back up here. They have Arkansas, Texas A&M, Georgia, UL Monroe, and Alabama. Jeez. They should at least go 3-2 and two there. They should. And if they go 3-2, and two, that'll put them, what, at 8-4 and four on the nation, if they, on the season. And if they split Georgia-Alabama, that's 9-3. and three. Yeah. And so this is a team that could legitimately try to go to, you know one of those access bowls or group of six bowls or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that could finish the year strong, but it's just, you know, the way they lost against LSU, a game they had no business losing, uh, especially talent-wise. Was that was pretty astounding. shocking. Yeah. yeah. 
Then again, LSU is ranked 26 S&P Plus, but LSU is just kind of a mess. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they definitely are. the fir- first year full-time head coach. Yeah. Um, definitely seems to be meddling a little too much in his defensive and offensive coordinator mm-hmm. schemes. So that's uh, I, that's Auburn. You want to do... Going our- back to J- Jared Stenham um, for my, oh, yeah, yeah. My, my flub earlier. He has been sacked 21 times on the year Good now. Good God. You actually, like, underestimated. My bad, Jared Stenham. I... Uh, should have been more sensitive to your plight as quarterback at Auburn mm-hmm. right now. Godspeed. Anyway, moving on. Next team's Kentucky. The old Kentucky Wildcats. So we play them on November 18th. I have tickets to this game. I'm very excited. So uh, do I. Oh, yeah? Well, wait a minute. You're going to be... <laughs> well, I'm just saying I do. Yeah, you're going to be there. We get it. <laughs> Projected margin is 23 points in Georgia's favor. They have a 9% chance of winning this game. Going down the five factors box real quick. On offense, they are 93rd efficiency, 53 explosiveness, 16 in field position, and then 89th finishing drives. Defensively, on efficiency, they are 65th explosiveness, 58, field position, 34, and finishing drives, 56, with a turnover margin of uh, rank 10th, and it gives them turnover luck of 2.53 positively points per game. Very kind of a sad, sad time Kentucky's having. Well, I mean, they're five and one, so in the sense, not since they're not sad, but like sure. they, I, yeah, this team is probably not as good as its record implies. Uh, they're not very efficient. It seems like they're getting a lot out of just trying to be explosive as they can and mm-hmm. getting good starting field position off of turnovers and a good special teams unit. You know, I mean, they, they've got the sixth highest, uh, the sixth best turnover margin in the nation, so they're yeah. actually getting some points per game, and they're getting about three, around three points per game um, per game. And if you look at their wins, um, they won. Let's see if they have any games where that would have mattered. Yeah, so Florida was 28-27. Yeah. That's a loss. Um, which that So that would have made it, what, 28-25. Uh, Eastern Michigan, 24-20. Um, so that would have been 21-20. So, yeah, I mean, there have been a couple of games where those that it turnover matter. luck mattered. It's also interesting to see if you look at their offensive percentiles on the year. First game against Southern Miss, offensive percentile of 19. 19%. And then uh, Eastern Michigan, a game when they beat Eastern Michigan in 24 to 20, was um, a 33% Jeez. percentile performance. Or 24%. Overall. 33 overall, yeah. Yeah, 24% offensive. So that 5-1 and one really doesn't mean much to Kentucky right now because those first six games, the only big, like the only SEC teams they played were South Carolina, Florida, and Missouri. The back half of their schedule starts with Mississippi State this weekend. Tennessee, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Louisville, with half of those games being on the road. Yeah, and it looks Georgia. like they're projecting them to finish out the year at uh, what, two and three. Yeah, to take them to what um, seven and five. Yeah, so it doesn't look bright necessarily. Yeah, I mean, it does and it doesn't. I mean, it looks bright in the sense of like, you know, this is a Kentucky team that has different expectations than we do. But, I mean, in terms of, you know, there's been a lot of buzz about, like, well, Kentucky could just mess up the whole thing and they could just win the East. I mean, and they certainly could, but, like, sure. this does not look like a team to me that looks equipped to win the East. I mean, so if you think about, like, what what, what does Georgia, like, how do you take advantage of Georgia? Well, you throw deep on them. Yeah. Passing yeah. ISOPP plus, yeah. 77th in the nation. Adjusted sack rate, 104th in the nation. This it's not going to happen. Yeah. Not by this team, anyway. Yeah, this is a, this is a team that... It's not the team that's going to... I don't think this is the team that's going to upset us. It's not I Missouri. I, I Missouri was the team that I felt could have upset us, and they didn't. And Kentucky is definitely not any more explosive than Missouri. I mean, they're very opinion. bad on passing downs. Are They're very bad on standard downs. They're only a little bit better on passing downs. They are totally mediocre offensively all the way through the game, and same on 
um, defense. This is just a team that's won some close games and like good for them for it. But I just I don't you know I'm not seeing it really. I will draw attention to the fact that all of the win probabilities here on out are are fairly in the coin flip zone. They have yeah, yeah. three in the coin flip zone. That Louisville margin could get lower if Louisville um, by the end of the year suffers some injuries, perhaps. And yeah, if Kentucky figures something out. 52-48-50 for Tennessee Ole Miss Vanderbilt. Um, even, yeah, you're right. Even if, if Louisville catches a couple of injuries or loses a couple more games, that yeah. could go for up from 32. Um, you know, I'm... <sighs> There's a chance they end the rest of the season 5-1. and one, but... Yeah, I mean, I could I could see them beating Tennessee. I think they'll beat Tennessee. Yeah. I could see them beating Ole Miss. Uh-huh. I could see them beating Vanderbilt. And I could see them beating Louisville. Yeah. I feel like three and two is the is the ceiling here. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, that gets you to that gets you to eight wins, which you know for Kentucky is not bad. It's not a bad year. Um, it's just this is a team that is really built. They built themselves up off of getting local recruiting power and sort of just developing it. And so there's going to be a ceiling in terms of their raw athleticism from the, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think if they want to get better in the following years, they need to finish eight and four. They need that just to kind of draw folks out. Because at this, I feel like Georgia's on the way to being oversaturated with talent. But then again, you got teams like Alabama. So, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and that the question is if if can if there is going to be a if there's going to be an opportunity for another team to claim the second spot in the East, you know, other than Florida or Tennessee, um, Kentucky has to really take Kentucky has to really take the bull by the horns this year and next year in terms of getting some quality wins. And just improving their 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 level of play. So yeah, all right. So Kentucky, we'll see you soon. We'll move on to the old Georgia Tech. Our very last game of the season, November twenty fifth. Georgia Tech has a thirty percent chance of winning this game, though their overall S and P plus rank is twenty seventh. So they're actually ranked uh, according to our schedule a little bit higher uh, when you consider all of our opponents this year than a few other folks. They're actually the third fourth most uh, fourth highest ranked team we've played actually this year uh, that will play anyway and we'll kind of see what else is going on this year we have a 30 percent chance they have a 30 percent chance of winning excuse me and then a 9.3 uh projected margin so going right into the five factors real quick their offense efficiency is ranked four explosiveness 119 uh field position 10 finishing drives 18 the defense efficiency is ranked 67, explosiveness 34, field position 69, finishing drives 95. The turnover margin was expected 101. Their actual is 92, and that's good for pretty much a, uh, a zero turnover luck PPG. It's 0.18 negative. Here's just what I want to point out. Just something to think about as we go into as we go you know into the game with tennis, or tech. And this is just if you think about what Georgia can do. Uh, let's look at their rushing defense stats, their rushing yeah. defense stats. 39th in rushing S&P Plus, that's fine. 86th in rushing success rate, that's not fine. 67th in rushing ISOPPP, that's not fine. You could pretty much stop there. <laughs> well, no, it gets worse. It does get worse, I know. 110th in adjusted line yards, 104th in opportunity rate. Currently, if you if you hand the ball off against Georgia Tech, 39% of the time you're getting over five yards, and that is with an average offense. So good luck, buds. I just want to say... 108th in power success rate, 124th yeah. in stuff rate. The the two stats there in the defensive rushing rate that are bringing that rushing S&P Plus rank up to 39 are success rate and ISO PPP. And the back half of their season is full of teams with big running backs. They got Clemson, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and then Georgia yeah. at the very end of it. 
it's not going to be the same rank by the end of the year, and I think there's going to be some holes in there. There's going to get some. You're going to have some tired players and potential injuries as well by the time yeah. they actually come to Georgia. Yeah, I mean, if we look at their at the at the teams they're about to play, um, rushing S and P plus offensively, Duke forty one, Virginia Tech rushing S and P plus offensively. Well, they're not very good at rushing, so they might have a good they might have a chance for fine. Virginia Tech. Virginia rushing S and P plus uh, offensively. Uh, what is it forty eighth? Uh, Clemson rushing S and P plus offensively is twenty second. Yeah, that's not mission UGA, which is currently at what some ridiculous number. It's something like seventh or something. Let me check. Yeah, so rushing uh, S and P plus number is first. 12. Oh, I'm first on defense. My bad. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. bad. So I mean, I this just looks like a team where there are a few teams left on their schedule that can take advantage of that. Because if you think about it, like the way this team's wins is just by holding the ball and yeah. burning clock and. Once they get up on you, they can take a lead. Well, if, if the other team can do that to you, and that's your game plan, and the other team gets up on you, then it, things become a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more co- um, complicated. Which is interesting, because they've actually won all the games they've won by a much larger margin than the triple option team. Specifically, Georgia Tech has won in past years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really what this kind of team does. It's just a time management team. They run the clock, and they, they play against the other team and, and just hold on to the ball as much as they possibly can. So it's Efficiency makes sense being the fourth in the nation, but the margins that they've won by doesn't make sense to me entirely. So, but it's pretty interesting to kind of see what they've been up to this year. And they're passing ISO PPP actually is fifth, which is also weird. Yeah, I mean that's probably just it because it comes from like screens though, right? Well, no, they don't throw a lot, but when they throw, they throw deep. Okay, that would be the last team. Well, we'll talk more about George Tech when you get closer to him. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't. This really is just a little snapshot, so you can be kind of you can just cache this episode in the back of your head and as we get to these teams you can have a little bit of um background info coming into it hey i will say real quick um i've been looking at bowl projections because you and i have been talking about how we're kind of a playoff contender now and i'd really like to go to the you know one of those top four bowls absolutely are you talking about the orange bowl with miami i am that's what i'm leading up to the fact that people are projecting we might see miami in the orange bowl and that is the most beautiful ship i have seen this football season Kirby Smart and Mark Rigg meeting in the Orange Bowl in Miami also, which home turf for, for Miami. But I, I'm going to kind of be watching that a little bit more closely. I, I was kind of kicking myself in the butt because last weekend I really wanted to do an anchor episode where I talked about like the top 10 teams, just real quick snapshot of all their probabilities of getting to the playoffs and kind of their chances of getting there. Um, and then Clemson ruined all that um, by, by losing last Wait, not Clemson. It was Clemson. Clemson lost to Syracuse. Yeah, Clemson ruined that for me because they lost to Syracuse. So... Um, I'll revisit that most likely as we get a little bit closer. I think it might be, maybe it's a little too early still to do it half season, you know, halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, I might wait till the eighth or ninth game to start filling with that, but that's something I'm going to look at. Well, into. that's when things will really have solidified. But yeah, we'll, we'll have a better idea of what's really going on. Um, these would have been more conspiracy theories, which, uh, I hope I'm not, which you for, have not like avoided to this point. I have not at all. I really enjoy conspiracy theories, but as long as they're a little bit stats based, because you can, you can solidify some conspiracy theories with a little bit of statsy goodness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just find the right numbers and just, and then stick just run them together. Yeah, you're like, yeah. look at these though, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, if you're, you know, one of the things I wrote on the Missouri, speaking of, um, just a self plug here for a second, speaking of uh, conspiracy theories, one of the things I wrote on the Missouri, uh, the Missouri game uh, observations broken down by play was that there's one particular set that we keep running off of and it just keeps getting stopped and it doesn't make sense unless we're at some point going to pass out of it. Yeah. So uh, that I, I hey. felt like I was just channeling my inner Justin in that moment. Conspiracy theories. This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. 
You can get in touch with us on Facebook by searching Chapel Bell Curve, email at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at Chapel Bell Curve. Uh, you can pretty much find us anywhere. You can just search Chapel Bell Curve. We're like the seventh, the top seven results when you Google us. Uh, also, go check out our new website. Well, new to us. Uh, maybe not new to you. Who knows? chapelbellcurve.com. It'll be a hub for all of our content, blog posts, episodes, Twitter feeds, anything else we find relevant throughout the week. We just post on there all willy-nilly like, and it's just kind of where you can go to find stuff uh, from us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating or review. If you listen to our last episode, you'll see and hear that we read all of our ratings and reviews right here on air. And so we would love to honor you guys since you took the time out of your day to do that by just kind of giving you a quick shout out and a thanks for listening to the show. In the meantime, we'll catch you folks in the Classic City. And until then, go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>